Well, hello, everybody. My name is Chris Gresseth. I'm one of the worship pastors here, and I want to say Merry Christmas to you. I hope your Christmas was great, and thanks for joining with us. Maybe you're coming back from Christmas Eve. Maybe that was your first time with Hosanna. We're honored to have you again here, and maybe your regular church family. I'm so grateful that we can all gather together. We're going to open the scriptures here in just a little bit, and I pray it's a blessing in your life. Thanks for being here. As always, we want to give you the opportunity to give, and the easiest way to give is to text 77977. Text Hosanna Church to that number. And thank you for giving. You know, we give because Christ freely gave to us, so we give back to him and his work and the community so he can take what that is and bless it to so many more. So thank you for giving. So grateful that I get the opportunity to speak with you today because I get to talk about something awesome. I get to talk about adventure, about going on a journey, about going on to discover God. You know, I think we're all hardwired for adventure. Don't you love a good adventure? I know I do. I, this has just come to life again and surface again in my life because I've got two or three little boys, but the two oldest boys that are eight and six, they went on an adventure just this past week. And what they did is they decided to go out on a walk in the woods near our house. And, and I said, that's great. I couldn't go with them because I needed to do my work, but they off they went and they were gone for quite some time, but they came back with big eyes. They said, dad, you wouldn't believe it. Dad, we were jumping over logs. We had, in their words, the greatest hike ever, which I was a little put off by because I've taken them on so many hikes that I'm like, guys, have you forgotten about the hikes I've been on with you? But anyway, what they went on to tell me was that as they were jumping over these logs, they looked down and they saw a raccoon. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. But they saw this raccoon and it was, in their words, sleeping by the log. I said, what'd you do? They said, well, we just watched it, Dad. We watched it, and then we ran back home because we're so excited to tell you about it, and their eyes were so big, you could tell they're pumping full of adventure in their veins, and they said, Dad, you gotta come see this. I said, guys, I'm supposed to be on a Zoom meeting. I can't do this right now. I got, I got work to do, but I said, when I'm done with this, when I'm done with my work, I'll come. So there I am. I'm working away, and I see out of the corner of my eye just after a few minutes of talking to them, just, there, just, just not all that long ago, I was just talking to them, but out of the corner of my eye, I see out of the window, there they went back into the woods. Oh, the adventure had taken over their souls. After a while, I was again doing my work, but after a while, they came back, and I could see out of the corner of my eye, they were carrying something. There was something in those boys' arms. And after they're at their edge of the, of the yard, and all of a sudden, I recognize what this is. They have an animal in their arms, and I grab out my phone and I'm whipping it out to take a picture and put this on video. I'm going to find my wife. I'm like, you got to check this out. And just about the time I found my wife, they came up the stairs on the deck with a coon, a raccoon in their arms. And I, I could tell something wasn't right with this raccoon. It was dead and frozen. And these boys were so pumped. Now, here's the deal. They told me where this raccoon was earlier. They had probably gone maybe four or five city blocks and carried this raccoon. They were so pumped to show us, and my wife was beside herself. I was so proud of those boys, but she, I didn't know if we were going to lose her, if she was going to faint, if she was going to puke. I don't know what was going on, but those boys were so excited to show us, and we said, probably shouldn't bring it in the house, boys. Let's not bring it in the house. And they were like, Dad, come out here. So I'm looking at this coon. It's dead. It's frozen. It's got one arm kind of ganging off to the side, not to get graphic. But they say the greatest stuff. Dad, can we make a skin coon cap out of this? Dad, can we make mom something out of this for Christmas? You know, and uh, I'm saying no. But you could just tell them 
you could tell that adventure had taken over their souls. And I loved it. I was proud of them for it. We had to discard the, the raccoon later, and that's another story. But adventure. You and I can go on adventures as well. Not just in the natural world, but with God. Maybe the greatest venture of all is the discovery of God. The scriptures say that the greatest wonder of all, the greatest wonder in the world is not the pyramids. It's not the, the, the grand mountains or the ocean. The greatest wonder of all is that the word, that God himself became flesh and dwelt among us. God himself moved into the neighborhood. God himself is with us. And the scriptures say that we beheld his glory, here are his beauty. We, we beheld it and we too can behold his beauty, but we have to do what that word says. We gotta be, we have to hold. We gotta pause long enough to look at him and to behold him. And we'll find that what the scriptures say is true. We behold his glory full of grace, brimming over with grace, full of truth. It's awesome. The greatest wonder of all is to discover God himself. And I think God's asking each and every one of us to go on the adventure, to go on the journey. If you have your Bible with you, would you open to Matthew chapter two? We're gonna see today a story, a Christmas story of some people who went on an adventure to meet God, who went on a journey to meet God. And I want us to go on this adventure too. Let's check it out. It's a familiar story, but I hope that it rings new in your ears today. I'm just going to start in verse one and we're going to read the whole story. Uh, it's about 12 verses here, uh, but I think you're going to love it. I hope you do. Here's what it says. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. During the reign of King Herod, about the same time, wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. I like that. Worshippers. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophets wrote. Then in verse seven, it says, then Herod called a private meeting with these wise men and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. He told them, go to Bethlehem, and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back. Tell me so that I too can go and worship him. Here's the deal though. He didn't actually want to worship him. He wanted to control the situation Herod did. Herod actually would want to crush the very life of this newborn child. We can read about that later in the story. But Herod didn't want to worship him at all. Let's keep going in the story. In verse 9 it says, After this interview, the wise men, they went their way. And the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and they gave him gold, frankincense and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. Oh, I like this story. I like this story a lot. Wise men from the east going on a journey to meet God. 
Let's just go through this and see what this story would say to us today. First of all, who were wise men and where were they from the East? Scholars don't exactly know where they were from. Many people believe that they're from India or maybe Pakistan area or Iran area. We don't know exactly where they're from, but we know that they had traveled a great distance. I mean, any of those countries that I just mentioned from where Israel is, is a long, long journey. And to imagine that they did this on foot or maybe with camels or somehow they went on this adventure. They did it at great cost to them. They set aside their own lives to go do this. Amazing. Why wise men? What, what was a wise man? Again, scholars, uh, they, they're kind of debate back and forth, but they know some things that they were of nobility. Some people even say that they were kings. That's where we get the song, We Three Kings of Orient are. You know, that's what that whole song's about. It's this story. So were they kings? We don't know. But they were definitely learned men. They were studied. They knew things about astrology. They knew things about the stars. They had status. They had been educated. For sure they were of nobility, maybe even kings themselves. You might say that they had it all. In their culture and in their place, we know they definitely had money. They had status. They might have had it all. But yet there's one thing that they didn't have. They didn't know the true and the living God. They didn't know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God somehow came to them and said, there's more to life than what you're living. There's more to this life. God had something more for them. God had a journey for them. God had a discovery for that they could have. The discovery of meeting God himself. And the most amazing thing happened is that these men, they left it all behind. They left the status behind. They left the culture behind. They left the comfortability behind. If we're ever going to meet God, if we're ever going to go on the journey of a lifetime, the adventure of a lifetime to meet God, we're going to have to become uncomfortable a bit. We're going to have to set aside what's comfortable and go out. I wonder what their families thought of them. You're going to go on a journey where? You're going to do what? I wonder what it meant for them to leave it all behind, even their past behind. I wonder if they'd been on other journeys maybe that were successful or unsuccessful, but they left their past behind to find the true and the living God. In the same way, I think God is asking us to discover him, to go on the journey in 2021, to find him in everyday life, to find the adventure, to know him, but in order to do it, you've got to leave behind what's comfortable. You might have to do something different than your family of origin. You might have to set aside the nobilities and the status to go on the adventure. But it's worth it. It's worth it. They set it all aside and they go for it. The first character that they meet in the story is Herod. Now, believe it or not, I've been to Herod's house. I've been to Israel and I've been there. I've been, I've walked the halls of that, what would be kind of like a castle, although it's kind of in ruins now. He was an amazing man who could build amazing structures, but that man is also known for being a great builder and a great butcher because he would crush people's lives. He was all about his own status. He was all about his own life and his own power. And when they met him, there was a meeting of these people who are on an adventure to meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to meet God, and also a person who is on an adventure for their own, his own life. He wanted to control, Herod did. He wanted to control the situations. He wanted to know where this new king was because he wanted to kill him. 
He wanted to make sure that he could stay himself in power. He wanted his own status to stay. He didn't want to become uncomfortable. There's kind of a different two ways of living life here, isn't there? One is this awe-inspired life that says, I'm going to meet God and I'm willing to set aside my status to do it, to find true life, to find something beyond myself. The other is to say, I'm going to be in control of it all. No awe or wonder for me. No, I'm going to control it. But the great thing is that in verse 9, we see that these three wise men, they went their own way. Yes, they were informed by Herod, but he went, they went their own way. In the same way, we get to choose our own way in life. It's maybe the greatest gift of God is that you have life and you have breath right now and you can go your own way. You can choose to say, I'm going to go on the adventure of discovering who God is this year. I hope you do say yes to that. It'll change your life. It'll change our lives. Mine, I want to do this too. And what happened is the most amazing thing is that the star reappeared to them. The thing that was guiding them to God, to the king, now reappeared in their lives. Which means that at some point the star had faded away. At some point the star, they had lost track of it. How about for your life? Have you ever lost track of what was guiding you to God? Maybe earlier in your life things were stronger. Maybe you were on the track of meeting God and coming to know him in your life. Somewhere along the way, you've lost sight of it. But you can make the decision like they did to go their new way, to go their way and see the star again appear, to have the guide again and appear. I was just talking with a, a girl from the worship team just last night, and she was saying, guys, I've been a Christian my whole life, but let me tell you, I feel like I have been born again. I have been filled with the Spirit of God again, anew and afresh. And she said, the scriptures are like flying off the page to me. I feel like I have been filled with the quest of knowing God. It's the adventure of a lifetime. This is reappearing in her life. She's made the decision to lean in again. Even in my own life, I've had times where I was seeking the Lord and all of a sudden kind of lost my way, but then refound it again and went on that journey again and found the guide. And it led me to Jesus again and again and again. It can happen in your life because God is always trying to lead us and guide him, guide us to find him. One of my favorite things in the Christmas season is to read a book called Kneeling in Bethlehem. It's a series of poems. That's right, poems. I heard somewhere that real men read poems. And so I do that. I love, I love poetry. Of course, maybe it's the musician in me. But Anne Weems, she wrote this. I want to read you a simple poem because it speaks of this. And I love it at the Christmas season. It says this, Our God is the one who comes to us in a burning bush, in an angel song, in a newborn child. Our God is the one who cannot be found locked in church, not even the sanctuary. Our God will be where God will be with no constraints, no predictability. Our God lives where God lives and destruction has no power. Not even death can stop the living. Our God will be born where God will be born, but there is no place to look for the one who comes to us. When God is ready, God will come, even to a God-forsaken place like a stable in Bethlehem. Watch, for you know not when God comes. Watch that you might be found whenever and wherever God comes. God comes. He is coming to you reappearing in your life 
Let's say yes to the journey. When they say yes to the journey, I love the part of the story where it says that they entered the house. Imagine this with me. They've been on this long journey and now their hand is on the door. God is close to them. They could be anywhere in this moment, but they have chosen to search for God and their hand is on the door and all they've got to do is push it open and they will see God. They will meet love face to face. They will meet life itself, the source of it all face to face. They will find themselves. They will find the meaning of life. They will find true joy, true hope. And their hand is on the door and all they've got to do is push it open. They push open the door and they meet God. And what happens? They fall on their knees before him. They fall on their knees and what started with them for nobility in a faraway land, maybe in a castle, ends on their knees. They have ascended to their knees in humility before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and they meet God. And the most natural thing happens, they begin to pour out the treasure of their life before him. They say, the things that are important to me, God, I just lay them before you. Here's gold, here's frankincense and myrrh. These are the treasures that I have. I open them up, I give them to you, God, because they're better in your hands than they are in mine. Because the treasures of my life will find their value when I give them to you, God. They pour it out before them and they begin to worship. They show worth-ship to God. It's maybe the most beautiful thing we can do in our lives is to come before God and say, God, I find myself most meaningful before you. I find life most meaningful now in this discovery of who you are. And they pour this out before him and it changes them. As the story goes, the time came where they were to go home. And so they stand back up on their knees at some point. And they're about ready to go. And they leave. And they go home. But the most amazing thing the scriptures say is that they find their way home by another way. They came a different journey to find God. But when it came time for them to go home, they somehow just knew the way. And it was a different way than the way they'd come. You too can know the way home. You too can have this guide in your life that says, I know where I'm going, going home. I mean it in two different ways. Of course, I mean, yes, someday we'll ultimately go home to meet God and, and yes, heaven and, I'm to, and yes, that's a home for sure. And as we meet God in this life and we say yes to Jesus in this life, we can have this assurity in our own lives to say, yes, I know the way home now. And I want that for you. But I also mean it in a second way. I just mean that the year that's to come in 2021, it's going to be different than 2020. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm ready for something different. You can know your way. You can have a sense and a compass to know how to go through life. And that happens after we've met God himself. I don't know about you, but I want to say yes to God. I want to say yes to the journey. So here's the question. Do you want to meet him today? Do you want to meet Jesus? Do you want to go on the journey because God has moved into the neighborhood, if you will, because God has come to us, which is what we celebrate at Christmas, God's presence is with you. God's presence is with me. 
Love is with us right now. All we have to do is say yes to him. Here in a moment, I'm gonna pray. And if you'd like to begin the journey, the adventure, say yes. And let us know about it. You can go to our website and say, there's, or go on there and there's a tab on there that says, say yes to Jesus. You can click that. That lets us know that you're saying yes to the journey. And we'll come alongside of you. We'll help you. We'll help you discover the things of God. It's awesome. The greatest adventure, the greatest wonder of all is the discovery, the journey of meeting God day after day after day. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I'm grateful for these that have gathered. Thank you for this story. Oh, we want to be like these men who are filled with wonder and awe enough to be guided to find you. Lord, would you guide us in this moment now to find you? Lord, so many of us, we want to say yes again. Hear it in our hearts. Maybe even hear it on our lips. Out of our mouths, Lord, we say yes to you. Lord, I pray that 2021 would be a beautiful year, but I pray that it would be a year of discovering you, knowing you, God. Thank you, God, for coming. Thank you for being God with us, Emmanuel. And Lord, I pray that we would be filled, just like these wise men. It says that they were filled with joy. God, I pray that we would be filled with your presence, with joy itself, with love itself, with peace itself. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, I would love to bless you. I just want to remind you, we'd love to be on the journey with you. Whether that's going to our website and hitting the Yes to Jesus tab or coming to see us in January. When we're talking about family and parenting. Oh, you're going to love it. We'd love to see you. We'd love to be together. Let me bless you now. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon.